Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. I am your host and fearless leader, Vic Muscat. With me today is the hardcore, well, everyone knows, Uncle Taco, Mad Mex. How you doing, sir? All right, sir. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing very well, sir. Thank you for asking. <laughs> today on the show, we have a 16-year veteran based out of Arkansas. He started OVW in 2011. In 2019, he became an OVW Triple Crown Champion. And on March 4th, he plays faces EC3 at March Mayhem. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Gunn. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Glad to be on here and uh, nice to finally meet you. Really nice to meet you, sir. So if you could describe your professional wrestling journey using one word, what would that be and why? One word. That's 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 kind of hard to do. I would just say um, uh, privilege. I, I feel uh, privileged to be able to go out and do uh, what I do on a weekly basis. Like, um, very thankful for that. Professional wrestling is something you always wanted to do when you were a child, or was it something that just fell in your lap and you just liked it? You know, I always get that question uh, when I talk to people. And uh, by the way, you said 16-year veteran. Of, it's actually, this will be year 20, actually. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so this is two, uh, uh, yeah, two decades, which is crazy. Well, try to make uh, you sound younger. Yeah, I would greatly appreciate it. But yeah, there's no need to lie about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, actually... I, I, I was I grew up on wrestling like when I was in high school I got I got really into watching uh, professional wrestling and back then it was the Attitude Era with like The Rock, John Cena, Stone Cold, Triple H, Ken Shamrock, all those guys, you know. So I, I liked that as a kid growing up, and I just you know, uh, and from where I was at in Arkansas, Northeast Arkansas, the closest uh, city with wrestling was Memphis, Tennessee, and at the time they had a developmental territory with WWE, so all the guys would. Uh, trained there before they got sent up to WWE. Uh, and I remember when I graduated high school, uh, they had a combined WWE slash MCW show. It was called Memphis Championship Wrestling at the time. And uh, it was there in Jonesboro, Arkansas, like 45 minutes from where I lived. And I remember getting tickets. I sat like third or fourth row and going to that show. And I just remember sitting back and just um, – watching the reaction from the crowd i've never been to an event like that and just listening to the people in the crowd reacting to the wrestlers in the ring it just like that show just kind of dawned on me so this is something that i want to do like i want to be the person that makes these people react like this uh so i just remember seeing that at the very first show and then once i graduated high school um i went to went to go train to be a wrestler how did you get the nickname Arkansas Redneck? Uh, well, it's Arkansas, the Arkansas Roughneck. Roughneck, Redneck, uh, same difference, right? I'm banging uh, down. Well, you know, I was, you know, I was born and raised in the South in Arkansas, and I, you know, my accent, I can't hide that either. So I was like, you know what, I need to like uh, kind of own up to, you know, where I was brought up, where I was raised. And from where I was raised was a rural area. Like I was born and raised on a farm, like a 250 acre farm of livestock, cattle and all that stuff. And I don't know, I just kind of wanted to imitate what, you know, how me and my friends were raised and just that lifestyle of 
of being, uh, I guess, like a roughneck, so to speak, like doesn't mind getting their hands dirty, doesn't mind doing the, the, the hard work and, and we're not scared of a fight, you know, so uh, just kind of like a good old boy type thing, you know. So I just took the ball and ran with it and just wanted to do that because it's, there's no hiding from my accent. There's no hiding from who I am. So I just wanted to take who I was and kind of uh, implode it a little bit. So who trained you? Uh, well, see, it's a funny story. I, I started down with, uh, I paid money to go to MCW. And as I said earlier, that's when they were developmental. Uh, well, I learned a, I learned a lesson really quick. Uh, I paid all my money up front. And then like a month later, MCW, WWF pulled out and sent everybody to Louisville, Kentucky. And MCW shut their doors. So uh, I was going get, to get trained there, but I paid all, I think I, think I paid like $1,500 and I had zero days of training. And I pretty much just got my money taken from me. Uh, so that kind of left a bitter taste starting out with wrestling. Uh, so welcome to wrestling one-on-one kid. <laughs> so you, you learned the rope the hard way. The hard way. Yeah. But after that, like I knew, like I wanted to finish my college first before I moved away from home. So I, a local talent there in the area, his name was uh, Derek King. Uh, he used to be with uh, OVW back in the day as the suicide blondes. It was him and Jason Lee. And Rip Rogers was their manager, I believe. Uh, but anyways, Derek moved back from Louisville to Memphis, Tennessee. And then he kind of took me under his wing and trained me, showed me the ropes. And then once I graduated uh, uh, college, I moved to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and I trained under Rip Rogers and uh, Al Snow. Yeah. Now, does Rip still uh, train at o uh, is a trainer at OVW? Uh, he, he is not, he uh, left there probably about three years ago, something like that. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately he's not there anymore. He just lives up in Indianapolis and, um, uh, you know, I don't know why he decided to, to go his, his own ways, but you know, that's, that's above my pay grade. Right. Yeah. So tell us about your first professional wrestling match. Oh man, uh, my very first wrestling match was the Drizzling Shifts. <laughs> uh, it was a tag match. It was in Dyersburg, Tennessee, back in 2002 or three, I believe. And it was me. And at the time, it was his first wrestling match as well, which was Johnny Jeter. Uh, he came down from OBW uh, to wrestle as well. So me and Jeter tagged against. Uh, two local vet guys at the time, Tyler Gates and uh, and uh, Rocker, uh, Chris Rocker. And I just remember like that. I don't remember much about the match because we were just doing the basics, arm drag, hip toss, body slam, drop kick, you know. And um, I just remember that I looked like a Kurt Angle wannabe because I had like the USA singlet. And I remember uh, Johnny Jeter looked like a, a Hardy Boy wannabe because he had like the fishnet things on and looked like a Hardy Boy and all that stuff. So that's, I remember that vividly from my very first match. As far as like who won, who lost or anything like that, I, I don't have a clue. Do you prefer being a face or a heel in the ring? Um, you know, I guess it it just it depends on where I'm at and and the story. But I feel like 
I gravitate more to being a heel. Uh, maybe it's a lot more fun to be a heel. Uh, for me, it is anyways. But I mean, I can do both sides of the coin, baby face or heel. Uh, but, but I have a lot more fun being a heel. Yeah, I was told that being a heel was better because you just be like, act like an asshole. Like if you have a bad day, you don't just kiss anyone's ass or butter, put a fake smile on. You can just be right. bad mood. Right, yeah, and you can kind of do that. It, it's it's really you do have to change your your attitude and your mannerisms just a little bit, but still at the end of the day, like being a babyface or heel, it's all situational. Like it depends who you're in the ring with, what story you have, and then how you present yourself as well, too. So um, you know, there's a lot involved versus just going out there and oh, I hate you, you know. <laughs> how did your AEW debut come about? Um, you know, that was just they were in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, there at the, uh, at the arena. And I just, I just reached out because they have, they have a guy there that does like the extra talent uh, work and all that stuff. So I just reached out to him and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'd love to be a part of this if you would like to use me in any way. And then he reached back and just invited me up and then I came up and, and a few others did as well, too. There was a handful of extra talent there uh, that night. And just, you know, it's just luck of the draw when you're there. It's like, oh, we could use him for that or we could use her for this or or whatnot. You know, it's just luck of the draw. And are you the best fit for what we're trying to trying to get a, across on this show? So uh, it was just luck of the draw as far as uh, having that opportunity to be in the ring. So tell my audience and Max as well about your finisher and why is it your finisher of choice? Uh, so my finisher is called the kill shot and that's just a roaring or a spinning uh, elbow uh, to the temple. Um, you know, I wanted to find a move that you can do to everybody. If you want to have a finisher and you want to have a, an effective finisher, you need to have something that you can do to anyone, no matter how small, how big, whatever uh so that's the one of the most important things of having of, is having a finisher now if you have a finisher where it's like so complicated and people can't take it right or you can't do it on everyone then i don't think your finisher is going to uh elevate or uh, mean that much down the road you know so you have to have something that you can do on everybody my opinion anyways um so the way it came about i just i remember i, I think i started this finisher back in 2000, late 2018, early 2019. And I was kind of changing my character, so to speak, because I was doing something as uh, the gun show and that, that whole ordeal. And then I wanted to redevelop myself. And then Al Snow actually helped me come up with it because I was going to do like a submission type uh, finisher. But then we just uh, were throwing stuff back and forth on the wall and we say hey i'll say what about the spinning elbow or whatever like yeah and i'll put this twist on it you know where it goes halfway across the ring uh and just label it the kill shot you know because if if it's the name shotgun tony gun you know that's my finisher so if i finish you off it's got to be the kill shot you know are there any other finishers that you've watched in the back that impresses you are you, t are you talking about uh, there at OBW? <laughs> Like OVW or anywhere, really? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my mind. Uh, you know, someone that we spoke about cash flow earlier, he has, like, 
for as big of a guy as cash flow is, he's really agile. And seeing his top rope frog splash amazes me every time I see that. So that's one move that I see. And I just, every time I see it, like, man, that's just amazing. Just seeing him get up there. And he's like, well, every bit of 325, 350 pounds goes up on that top rope and does a beautiful looking frog splash every single time. So just seeing him hit that, like, I love watching that every time. I think you give me an answer because you, I know it's on Instagram, you've watched like, what, what we call yard cards <laughs> you know, like stupid shit you're just like why you know so yeah. I, I study the game on all over the place yeah there's there's i have a lot of fans that actually send me those videos because they want to see my response to it or whatever and it's it's a lot of, i guess people call backyard garbage wrestling or or what whatever you want to call it uh you know uh the mud shell wrestling but it, it's i mean you know, it's not my cup of tea. Some people like that stuff where they're going through the light bulbs and crashing off the top of houses and stuff like that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, I, I, I'm more into psychology and telling a, you know, a psychological story and things like that. But just seeing that stuff out there, it's just like, why, why, why do that to yourself? You know? Believe me, if I knew now, if I could know then what I know now I mean 32 years in the business today matter of fact oh wow congrats I'm barely able to walk I mean my wife has to get me help me to get my legs out of the bed first thing in the morning to help me get up so you know everybody thinks oh yeah hardcore in the beginning you probably went crazy and did everything that the promoter and all you know just get your name out there just like I did Mm -hmm. and you got now it came up you know it it came back to haunt me yeah yeah and you like I I swear like I remember when I first started out and I remember all the vets saying you have a bump card and you can only punch that bump card so many times and here I am 20 years right at 20 years into it and I know exactly what they were talking I mean I knew what that was eight years ago but like yeah. knowing that bump card and you have only so many bumps, only so many risks you can take until your body breaks down. And, you know, uh, being that I didn't do that kind of wrestling or put my body through stuff like that to be doing this 20 years and being in the best health of my life, as far as physical and a mental standpoint, I think that says something as far I'm as uh, to you. man, yeah. respect for you, sir, on that. I appreciate it. What you're talking about the, the, bump card and all punching Mm -hmm. it man man pondo told me the exact same thing so i totally understand where you're coming from on that yeah and i haven't done that much much crazy stuff my bump card is it's pretty thin (laughs) (laughs) have you done any uh any uh you know spots or anything that you were worried about during the match that if you were afraid to mess it up or um really mess me up there's been a couple times you know i was trained to like for first things first you look after your opponent who you're in the ring with and they're supposed to look after you that's how i was trained uh i think a lot of the guys now nowadays and i'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever but i don't think they have that same kind of philosophy 
uh, or they're more worried about themselves and not getting hurt, which I get that and understand that. But if I, you know, we're putting each other's lives in each other's hands. So you better look out for me and I'm going to look out for you. But anyways, uh, I mean, there's been a couple of things where it's like, oh, I've never done this before. And you can't really practice it uh, like jumping off the top of a, of a cage in a cage match, like onto people. Like that's something you, you don't really practice. You just got to get up there and take a deep breath and bite the bullet, so to speak, and just uh, do it the best of your ability from a physical standpoint and put your trust into these guys that you're crashing onto, you know? So, uh, I mean, there's been that instance where like I have jumping off, uh, jumped off the top of a cage onto people and gone through tables and stuff like that where it's just like you got you know you can't practice that so you just gotta go out there and do it and just put your trust in what you're doing and who you're doing it with you know have you ever had the holy shit chant or the omg <laughs> yeah i mean that 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 happened that's happened a few times um uh, with the, the holy shit chant or uh or or all that it, it's fun but I don't live for that. Like, I don't, that doesn't really, I don't really don't care for that. I'd, I'd rather get the chance of like, uh, like them being invested in the story of the match versus this, this is, is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. like, this I, is like awesome. I don't like that. Does I mean, it's cool for a second, but that's, that's not the ultimate end game for me uh, right. when I'm out there. So, like, like you were talking about these kids nowadays. Or getting trained and 20 years ago that ain't the way we the way we were trained was totally opposite of what these kids are doing now mm -hmm. you know and i mean because i was trained by uh steve estes and his two boys and i was they because he was so big and i was so small he got me in touch with little tokyo and Tokyo came over and started training me. So I had, I had, you know, the big guys training and the midget training as well. So mm -hmm. I, I was blessed. I was, I really lucked out, you know, and, yeah. you know, I have mad respect for you being in this business 20 years. And I mean, how many, you know, obviously you travel, obviously. How many places that you remember that you would love to go back to? Uh, as far as traveling back to, like, um, I'm trying to think, because I've been a lot of different places. Like, currently right now, I go up to Wisconsin, and uh, once a month, I wrestle up there for uh, Dave Hero's promotion, which is called GLCW, which is a really good promotion. And uh, so I love going up there and doing those shows. But just um, like as far as a particular area, I don't have like a particular area that I that I enjoy going to because it like wherever I go, whether it's like in Pennsylvania or Tennessee or Mississippi or Wisconsin, wherever I go, like it's like I can always uh, gauge the crowd and, and and get a good response out of the crowd because wrestling crowds are different where you go. Like they're a lot different up north than they are down south, you know, and they like different things. And being able to like gauge a crowd, uh, I think is a good tool to have as a professional wrestler, because you've got to know what style they, what what they're looking for and the styles and stuff like that to get a response. But if you go out there and uh, go up north and wrestle a match like you do here in the south, 
you're probably going to be working for crickets, you know, so you got to learn how to feed off the crowd and know what they want. Uh, so I always found that a good challenge and I enjoy that. How much body fat do you have on you? Cause I've seen that you work out and they're absolutely killer. Now I'm seeing yeah. pies. This is like, you know, like all this like birthday cake and stuff like that. I'm like, how much <laughs> Yeah, I'm becoming quite the baker here recently. My, my wife is loving it. Um, you know, so I don't know, I said about 212, 13 pounds. And right now I think I'm at like 14 and a half percent or something like that body fat. I don't know. It's somewhere I don't really keep that much track of it, but I look at it every couple months. Um, but uh, but yeah, like those protein cheesecakes man those things are amazing like i just uh found this recipe and i've been tweaking it and tweaking it and just man these things are these things are stellar <laughs> see max now he has a family and he's jack look at us we have a family and we're less than jack <laughs> I, I got a pony keg on me already <laughs> Now, hey, it's, never, you, it's never too late to get back in it. <laughs> I've been trying. I mean, it's just so hard for me because I can't schedule myself because I can't plan anything because my family's so a loose cannon because one day they're fine. I turn around. Well, you got to take this one over to here to this school or, or you got to go to this one meeting at this, you know, the Eagles Legion and well, you got to do, you know, like today I missed the podcast with Mr. Vic Muscat at two o'clock and I do apologize on that. I was getting ready and everything, you know, cause I, it was like one fifteen. I was like, okay, I got to start getting ready. And then my daughter-in-law was like, Hey, my dad's coming to pick me up. Do you mind if you could pick up, you know, at the bus stop, you know, Zimmy. Or Emma Joe, and I'm like, yeah, hun, I'll do it. Didn't even dawn on me about the time and all. And then I seen that, I'm like, crap. Well, you know, it was like I barely got there in time because right when I got halfway down to the bus stop, the bus started coming down, and we met. And then I brought her back in, but it was still late. You know, I was still late getting there, and then. I was trying to deal with her and fix her some, you know, lunch or whatever, try to get her some cookies or whatever. And then I, you know, I go sit down in my, my bedroom and I turn on a peacock. And uh, next thing I know, my son comes and talks to me and he goes, yeah, you know, about the time. And I'm like, time. Oh, shit. And I looked at the time and it was like 2.45. I'm like, shit. So I apologized to him. I was like, man, that's like I said, my lifestyle is totally off the wall, unpredictable. I cannot plan anything whatsoever with the with the crazy family that I got. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're trying to do the right thing with your family. So I mean that's that, that's good right there. But uh we just make fun of We just make fun of What would you consider your style? Are you snug, strong style? Uh, no, I was, you know, I was, I was trained down in the Memphis area. So I was trained how to work, you know, like, uh, not snug, you know, I don't, 
I don't like putting things in there or anything like like that. Unless somebody puts it in on me, then I'm gonna, you know, lay it back right. tenfold. But like, no, I was trained to like, if you're gonna throw a punch, throw a punch, but pull it so you don't hurt the guy, right? Or do the do the best you can with it. So like, that's how I was trained. I was trained to make it look as real as you can without killing or hurting the person that you're in the ring with right so that's how i was trained right and that's that's my whole how i am behind things so like when i work guys that like actually like knock knock some screws loose or whatever i just i don't get it like it's i don't understand it like we're all here trying to do the same thing like we're not we're not we're not really trying to hurt or kill each other like we're trying to paint a picture and this ring is our canvas right we're trying to tell this story not to see who can bust each other's balls the worst you know that's that's not what to me that's that's not what wrestling is about that does that go for the same for jesse goddard's uh i don't like speaking for other people you know but uh, you don't want to bust them you don't want to I beat them up that you just want to do the art to theater with Jesse. Well, there is a lot of art to what me and Goddard's do. And there is some stuff too, where it's like, we're really at each other's throats. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a give and take with me and Goddard's. I saw the um, Facebook reel. Luke Curtis did calling you out. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. That was out of nowhere. I'm getting ready for this show, and he that was pops up. I'm just like, oh shit. Jeez. Yeah, so obviously I'm gonna have to rebuttal something. Uh so yeah, that was totally out of left field. So I guess he thinks because he's part of this group with Goddard's that he has to chime in to to whatever he wants to throw out there. So so be it. If he wants to try to do that, then you know, I'll just I'll shut him up whenever. Like even I Cashwell and I talked about. You know, you have like the groups like before, like the Four Horsemen, Evolution. Goddard's just has the Goddard's gang. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's no, name, no, no sexist appeal, just the Goddard's gang. Yeah, is that, is that what it is? The Goddard's gangs? I feel like it has a new name every other week. So, uh, <laughs> that was the last name. But it's just like, there's not, if you have a, a, a stable like that, you gotta have a decent name, not just the Goddard's gang. It's boring. Yeah, yeah I don't know. So we'll, uh, maybe they're still trying to figure that out. So maybe you know, maybe that's their last thing on on the on their group agenda is they're having a committee to figure out their team name. <laughs> so so far in your career, what's been the most important match to you? Uh man. To be honest with you, there's been a lot of matches that that have I've had fun with and a lot of important ones. I would say one of the most important, and I've said this uh, to other people as well, too, is back in it was early 2019, I believe it was March uh, 2019, when I worked at Impact Show. Uh, it was a joint show, Impact and OVW, one night only. It was against Sammy Callahan. And at the time, I was the, the OVW heavyweight champion. And I would say that night or that whole entire story was one of the most memorable things for me because it, it cause Sammy Sammy's a great talent in and out of the ring. I don't know if you've ever met or talked to Sammy or, or whatnot, but he's an incredible talent. 
And when, when he's on, like he is on. And if you don't step your game up, he's just going to leave you in the dust. Right. As far as like promos and, and ring ability and, and, and his just overall uh, uh, charisma. So like that, I had to challenge that challenged me to like step my game up as far as my promos and who I am and what I do in the ring. So that whole like two or three month story leading to that final match, uh, March, 2019 was probably one of the most memorable and important uh, stories that I have done so far in my career. Cause uh, that got me a lot of recognition with impact and a few others and, and all that. And also that same night, which was crazy, uh, earlier that night, Sammy and I had a, like a pull apart before the main event. And I actually came down onto my elbow and tore my tricep completely uh, off the bone. So I had surgery like eight weeks after that night. But anyways, I, that happened. I got to the back and I was talking to the athletic trainer and I was like, I think I was like, I tore my tricep off the bone. And uh, they were looking at it and stuff. They go, yeah, I believe you did. They go, are you going to do this match? Because we were up in like 45 minutes. And I go, yeah, I'm doing this match. Because uh, we were in the main event. And we went out there and did a, I think a 35, 38 minute main event match. And we literally like the, the whole entire time, because we didn't have time to like talk and go over much. Like we called the finish, which was like the, maybe the last four or five minutes of the match. And a couple other things, but other than that, like we we called it all out there and just fed off each other. And that's the first time him and I ever worked each other. Uh, so being able to do that just told me that I can go with these guys and I can hold my own. And uh, getting props from Sammy and Scott Demore and a few others that watched that night was was very cool and a humbling experience for me. Jeez, that must have had a bit just all adrenaline that night. Oh yeah, I was yeah, I was my. If you watch it back, like my right arm is just hanging there because I can't swing it or anything. And luckily, I'm a southpaw, so I had to. I got to use my left hand. But yeah, my yeah, it was just arm was swollen, uh, just hurting. But I uh, just did the whole match with the torn tricep. We had fun, and yeah, it was yeah, it was all adrenaline because the next day hurt like hell. <laughs> we talked about the important matches. What are some of your favorite matches? Uh, some, I mean, that was uh, one of my favorite and important. I would say another one would, would be uh, when Jesse Goddard and I work, uh, worked against each other at the August show this earlier this year, uh, because that was the turning point to our storyline where he turned on me and we had our match, uh, which was like a 20 minute match. And it was just a, a great story. Uh, in which our saga is still continuing, obviously, but uh, that was a good, that was a, uh, a fun match. Uh, another person I like to give props to is a young talent named Cal Hero, which I don't know if you know who that is, but we had a, we had a pretty fun program when he first stepped into OBW. I wasn't doing much at the time, so uh, I actually like ribbed him one show. He left his fanny pack jacket at the arena. So I took it home with me and cut these pre-tapes, promos, and put them on social media. You know, hey, I got your jacket, fanny pack, whatever it was. But then uh, Al Snell saw that and, like, used that. And then that started our feud. But he really stepped his game up, too. Like I said earlier, when I was in the ring with Sammy, it helped me elevate my game. 
And then when Cal was in the ring with me, it helps him elevate his game. So to help him do that and find another uh, uh, another notch uh, to 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 go to uh, is kind of cool. And uh, him and I had a lot of fun. At OVW, all the on the roster, who would you like mostly to work with out of that out of the OVW? Um. I've, I've pretty much have worked with almost everybody there in the past. Uh, I would say I would like, which I'm about to work with EC3. Uh, so having EC3 come into OVW is awesome because he's part of the Goddard's gang. Uh, so we're going to have our match March, uh, March 4th at uh, March Mayhem for OVW. And I think that's that'll be something that I look forward to being in the ring with EC3 and showing him what I can do because him and I really don't know each other that well. And uh, you know, for me being wrestling this this long and him as well, we haven't really seen each other. So I'm interested to see how this will go when we step in the ring for the first time uh, in a singles match uh, with each other. So uh, you know, and I know he doesn't really respect me that well so he says so maybe uh maybe i'll be able to uh uh show him a little respect or he can show me some respect <laughs> yeah but you hate someone but still respect them don't you yeah 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 so you know and i'm not talking bad about ec3 at all we just don't know each other you know so uh but anyways he seems like a weird guy but i'm sure he's a good guy he just seems like a weird guy to me yeah, so, yeah. But but he's someone that I look forward to stepping in the ring with, just again, because he's one of those talents that's been everywhere, right? He's been to WWE. He's been to uh, Impact TNA, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he's done those things. Uh, so so to be able to step in the ring with him and show him what I can actually do uh, will be, uh, I think, will be challenging and rewarding for me. Uh, other talent I would like to step in the ring with that's currently at OVW. Uh, I would like to step in the ring with Luke Curtis. I know maybe that's why he put that promo out there because he's trying to trying to trying to put that in the world. But uh, I think him and I could have some fun uh, in that ring, uh, and then also Cash Flow as well too. Um, so those are a few of the guys that I would like to uh, share the ring with. What do you think, in your opinion? makes fans come to OVW events? Well, you know, I, I would say, you know, because OVW is one of the long, is one of the longest running televised uh, wrestling shows ever besides Raw, right? And I think SmackDown, well, I think we've been going longer than SmackDown. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think with, I think with us, the biggest thing is, uh, characters, characters, and uh, the psychology of telling uh, stories uh, in the ring and backstage as well, too. I think a lot of wrestling today, especially on the indie scene, really lacks that because they are more worried about, quote unquote, getting their shit in versus going out there and doing business and, and not all business is going out there and having a five-star match and popping the boys uh so i think business to me is going out there and and selling you know what whatever you're trying to sell to the to the crowd to make them want to invest in you and come back 
So with us, I think the biggest thing for OVW is uh, is our characters and our storytelling. Not the OVW crowd in general, just your entire career and all the promotions you've been to. Has there have you ever been attacked by a fan or seen someone attacked during a show? Uh, I mean, I've been attacked a couple of times where someone has thrown a punch or trying to take, take me to the ground or whatnot. Um, I've had people throw stuff at me or, or whatnot. Um, I've had, a, and I've been on the flip side of that coin too, where other people have gotten attacked and I've had to help out, uh, you know, to keep that fan away or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I have seen that, but nothing crazy like that used to be back in the day where, where I've heard horror stories, like when you go to Puerto Rico and <laughs> you get stabbed and all that stuff, like no, nothing like that, but uh, you know, a few punches here and there and people trying to, you know, mostly it's drunk people trying to, trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, puff out their chest. Do you swing back? Uh, I don't I mean, I, I I have one. I did once on a wrestler in the ring, but it, it's for another store. But as far as for a fan, no, I've never swung back. But I've I've because um, I know what I can do, you know. And I don't know what you know. Their most average fans don't know how. You know, I'm not gonna say don't know how to fight, but they don't know how to hold themselves as far as like being pre- prepared for something like that. And uh, I don't want to, you know do something bad in that essence, but I do protect myself. I need to pull them down on the ground or hold them down or something like that. Then yes, I do that. But as far as like getting like punches in on them or anything like that, no, I'm not, I'm not into that. They threw the, I always if they throw the first punch or a guy physical first, whatever happens, happens. You shouldn't be acting like a dick anyways. Right. Yeah. No, if I get hit, then yeah, that's a different story, but I've never gotten, hit in the face or anything like that. I've been swimming at, but I've never, I've never gotten hit. What is your opinion on the fans and people saying the F word? Well, are you talking about like chant, like chant about the business? The fake word. Oh, oh, that one, the fake next word. One next. Gotta be more specific. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were talking no, about big the big word. Yeah, I thought you were talking about you fucked up, the you fucked up shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's one of those things. I never go, go around saying wrestling's fake. I never go around saying that because then if you, once you say wrestling is fake, then they assume everything that you do is soft and cushy and doesn't hurt and there's no, uh, there's no immediate danger or, or, or anything like that. So I never say wrestling is fake. Do I say it's predetermined and some of it's scripted? Yes, I do. It's, I, I kind of put it to them like this. Like it's like, it's, it's like a football game, but without pads, you're both of you guys are going in and you're both trying to accomplish the same goal and that's to win. Right. And that's to get over on your opponent. Okay, so that's what we're trying to do is go out there and get over on our opponent, but yet tell a story. Um, So that's kind of how I put it and spin it. Yes, a lot of it is predetermined, but you know what? Uh, The injuries are there. The the, uh, sacrifice is there. You know, I've had one, two, three. I've had four surgeries, all from professional wrestling. I've had three concussions. I've broke two or three teeth in half. Uh, you know, so it, 
to, to say it's fake is almost like a slap in the face, you know? So, but I don't get hot about it or like want to fight somebody because of it. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, you know, but it's one of those things where I'm just, it's, there's no point in fighting, fighting and bickering about it, you know? Do you think the people who say that, you know, wrestling is fake are like the WWE fans who, you know, they, they have the money for the production. They can do the camera angles to make not see the raw, you know, footage of, like, if you go to a show, you see how thin the mats are. You see how hard the ring is. You see everything, but WWE makes it more, you know, not as bad as it really is. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're very good at really puffing it out and really showing the inter- the entertainment value of it as far as all the lights, the smoke, the cameras. Uh, it's, everything is well, well polished and looks so, so good like this. This cannot hurt because this looks so much fun, right? This looks really, really fun. But I tell those people that watch those shows or go to those shows, go to an independent show and just see when all that's pulled away and stripped away, see how fun it really looks when you're hearing those two by tens every time they go down and hit that mat on padding that's like this thick. And then you got those two by tens right underneath it and on, which is on a steel frame. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know. and you show all new respect the sport if you see it live even if yeah. it's a show you just see yeah. it live yeah i've mentioned many times before and mexican vouched me for this ovw it's like you have raw wrestling like you don't have like the, you have like the camera crew that has mistakes but you know it's it's like authentic you're not trying mm-hmm. to hide anything uh i've had shauna read on before and i mentioned to her about her and the Fallen, I thought was scarier than the Fiend and Ray Wyatt in the WWE because it was the body movement. It wasn't about the lights. It was the body movement, you know, mm-hmm. the way they portrayed their character. I think that's more important than, you know, what WWE does. Yeah, it's, yeah, I would say, yeah, it's just as important, if not more important, because you do have to believe in what you're doing. If you... Whether even how even how far fetched it might be away from reality, like you have to believe in what you're doing. If you if you yourself don't believe in what you're doing out there, then how do you expect the people to believe in what you're doing if you yourself don't believe in it? You know, so uh, I give props to the fallen because they 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 did find their groove, so to speak, with Shauna and like ZDP. Like I think he's hitting on all cylinders with that group, and he's kind of made it his own with his own character and persona. Like he stands out the most to me in that group. Um, so, and that's just something like you've got to take it, you got to make it your own, you got to believe in what you're doing. Because if not, then nobody else is. If there was something you know now that would have been helpful when you first started, what would it be? Uh, I mean, I heard this from day one, but when you when you're getting into wrestling as a as a uh, greenhorn in wrestling, uh, you don't really pay that much attention to it. So less is more is what I hear was what I heard. And it's what I tell as well, too. Now is less is more. It's not about what you do. It's how you do it and when you do it. Right. And it's not about the things that you do. It's about what you do behind those things that mean something. 
if that makes sense. So where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, man. Uh, I see myself wrestling for uh, two and a half centuries. Um, uh, or decades, excuse me, not centuries. But um, I don't know. Like, I would like, I would, because um, I'm currently with OVW, and I'm also a trainer there as well, too. I teach the intermediate class for the, for the wrestling school. Uh, so I'm having fun doing that, but I, I would like to grow more uh, as a talent as far as going. I'd like to go somewhere else and, and see if I can uh, see if I can get over elsewhere on a bigger platform uh, versus where I'm at right now. So I would love to do that. Uh, but also, too, like once my career does start winding down, because like like I said earlier, you only have so many bump cards. Right. And uh once that bump card is done, I'd like to get more into the uh, backstage part of it as far as uh, uh, agenting and, and running uh, televised shows. What are some more, more of your present day goals? Uh, present day goals right now is um, I would just I would say as far as I'm, I want to get out there more and do more uh, independent stuff across the u.s i want to do a tour overseas because i have not done that yet and i would like to do that before my wrestling career winds down so that's something that i'm scouting out right now so if anybody's out there and wants to book me overseas let me know uh but no um just uh i'd like to do more as far as uh just spreading my wings so so to speak and and doing that uh and with what I mentioned earlier as well, too, is being on a bigger stage, a bigger platform. What's a good whiskey to drink these days? Oh, let's see. A good whiskey to drink. I mean, anything from Kentucky, basically. Uh, you know, all the bourbons. Um, I kind of I kind of stick to uh, Makers uh, or Woodford. Uh, I like that. But I also do like the, the flavored uh, bourbons as well, too. Like, I'll do... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of screwball, but that yes, is really, really good. The peanut butter flavored whiskey, uh, that stuff, you've had it? I've had it, yep. Yeah, that stuff is dangerous because you can't really taste the, the whiskey in it, which is, and it catches up to you. But there's something, it's this, you, uh, this drink that I make, you do two ounces of the screwball peanut butter whiskey, and then Bird Dog makes like a, uh, a strawberry flavored whiskey. And you do a half ounce of the strawberry over ice with that two ounces of peanut butter, mix it up. It's like you're drinking a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It is amazing. Yeah. I mean, screwball is good, but I always liked it if it's like on ice. Like drinking it yeah. warm, it, it doesn't do justice if it had a chill. Yeah, no, it's good chill. So yeah, do the two ounces of that with a half ounce of the strawberry over ice, mix it up. Oh man, it's trust me, you won't regret it. We get that tray sometime. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But now in my flask, I keep a little gym in my flask. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So other than March 4th and March Mayhem when you face EC3, what else do you have coming up? Uh, well, this weekend, um, I don't know when the show's going up, uh, I'll be in uh, Wisconsin with Dave Hero with G GLCW. 
doing that show. It's going to be me, Cal Hero, and uh, it's another another OVW female talent, Tiffany, and going up against uh, Angelina Fodder and Drew Hernandez. Uh, so we'll be having that match this weekend. And we'll see how that goes. And then I got the thing coming up March 4th with OVW. And um, there's some other things in the books down the road, but I can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Well, where can, where can people find you on social media? Uh, for social media, the biggest thing for me is Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Tony B. Gun, T-O-N-Y, B as in boy, G-U-N-N. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook, I use as a personal account. So don't bother following me on there because I won't add you. <laughs> but go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I also do have my own uh, website for merchandise, bookings, and stuff like that. So you go to uh, shotguntonygun.com. Uh, that has all information about uh, uh, have an online shop and bookings and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I learned the hard way about the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So I like to keep things. You're polite about it. You're polite about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're polite about it. Yeah. Question Do you have your Kentucky wrestling license? Uh, yeah. In order to do anything in the state of Kentucky, you do have to have a, you do have to have a license. Yeah. I mean, you got yours, correct? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to talk to the promoter here in Kentucky and see about trying to get you out here. Okay, where's that at? Uh, World Wrestling Alliance here in the uh, Central City, Kentucky. Okay. We're like two hours, we're like at 45 minutes from Bowling Green, two hours from, well, with the time change, three hours from Louisville. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I kind of know where you're talking about. Yeah, by all means, uh, see what we can work out, and I would love—I would love to come down. So, definitely. And maybe I could bring some, bring bring a couple other talents from OVW with me as well, too. So, sounds yeah. good. See, all the promoters I know, there's like eight hours from away from me. It's like this is not fair. Next could be like a couple hours, no problem. Guys, I know, like in Pennsylvania, and um, Tim Blackman from um. Georgia, you know the guy Jason brought on Mex. What's his name again? Tim Blackman. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I those are the promoters I know. Not from no one from New England. I gotta find someone from New England area. Yeah, where and where are you from? I'm from Brookline, Vermont. It's like the southeast tip of Vermont. That like 15 oh, okay. minutes will get you to New Hampshire, 15 minutes will get you to Massachusetts. Okay, okay. Is it, there's there's not a lot of wrestling up in that area? Not really. I have to drive like about two hours. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I've never been up in that area. Yeah, it's the sticks, but it's it's peaceful. It's peaceful. Yeah. Say, very peaceful though. I bet because uh, here in Central City, it's mediocre. I guess you could say. But when we lived in Graham, Kentucky, oh man, I could get up in the middle of the night, open my front door, and take a piss and hear the crickets and the frogs so it was you know it was great back then that's yeah, a damn thing <laughs> next do you have any final questions or final thoughts what's that now i'm sorry uh next do you have any final questions or final thoughts uh what is your favorite 
uh, that you've been in the organizations, what was your favorite one to work for? Well, I mean, primarily is I would say OVW, you know, because I, I did stuff with um, this uh, companies down in like Memphis, Tennessee and Dyersburg, Tennessee and Arkansas area where I'm from. And then I've been with OVW for 10 years. So for half of my wrestling career, I've been with OVW. Um, so I would say as far as, you know, I would say OVW, I love, I love doing stuff with them, obviously. And then I did do a lot of stuff with impact wrestling for a while. Like I was doing a lot of stuff with them. Um, you know, I did the gut check and I've done a few other, uh, before the impact and TV shows as well too. So working with them, I love, uh, being with impact as well uh, and working with them because they were, they were cool backstage and, and all that. So everyone's there trying to serve the same purpose and that's to get business over. So. Well, Tony, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on. Wish you luck again, DC three, March 4th. You know, my wife only allows me to watch one wrestling event a week. Oh, and wow. Taking OVW over AEW. Man, that's probably a pretty good bet. That's probably going to be a, a one hell of a show to watch. So, oh, you guys always throw good shows. Yeah. Even your, like, Max, you got to catch OVW. The thing is, I went to one of the shows before over there. That's, oh, God, that was years ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, a tag team called, uh, there were Latinos. They were called Los Locos. Was that and with, uh, that was, uh, that was with, uh, oh man, what was it, uh, Raul? I believe so, yeah, Raul, and, yeah. And uh, what was his tag? Luis. What was it? Like was it Jesus or Luis or something like that? Something like that. He was with Impact for a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. As you can see, I was a big fan of theirs. <laughs> gotcha. And, uh, yeah. And they they would come out to the in the crowd, knowing I uh, I see them like, oh yeah, Vato. And they look and I put my arms up and they're like, he goes, hey, bro, check him out. They say, and I'm showing my arms. They got yeah. me on the TV and everything. I'm like, oh, awesome. But I. I got so excited and everything being around. I, I ain't gonna lie, I marked out like crazy. But <laughs> I marked out so bad that I didn't even realize it. And then I didn't even, I forgot to even tell them I was a worker. I was gonna try to try to get my foot into OVW, mm -hmm. but never did. Well, never say never. Oh, uh, that's very <laughs> clear, you know. <laughs> I, I officially retired from the ring in 2018 because doctor's orders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, matter of fact, I just had a promoter ask me today, message me, wanting to know if I could do like five shows for him. And I, I man, I, I wish to God I could because the money's great. But I know I wouldn't be able to come back home to my own, my, my home. Here, because why would change locks on the house and everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can... <laughs> been there, that done that, sense. huh? Uh, what's that? Been there, done that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Gunn, I pray that you can still keep going another twenty years. 
God bless your health. Keep going strong, brother, and enjoy your journey. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, if you're, if you're not enjoying the process, there's no point in being in it, most certainly. Exactly. Yeah. So good luck to you, Tony. I appreciate you coming on, and so keep on kicking ass because we'll be cheering you on all over social media. Hey, it's been fun. It's been real having you on here, and yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, and that's just drinking whiskey and kicking ass, you know, so. Only way to be. Thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you, Max, for joining me. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for watching. It's Killing the Business Worldwide, and we are all out. Take care, guys. Thank you.